Let's just breathe deeply for a time or two. Um, I'm, my breath is taken away by so many things so far. Uh, Lee Vason's gorgeous dancing, um, the use of the Tree of Life processional cross, which was first used at my ordination in this spot uh, right there in 1983. Um, something old, something borrowed, something new, right? Um, and for uh, Matt Brown, Matthew Michael Brown, to find that, that amazing hymn that was just written less than uh, 10 years ago, um, which talks about the energy that was in Cosmogenesis. It's the only hymn I know that has Cosmogenesis in it, in the lyrics, which is uh, a Teilhard de Chardin-oriented uh, term related to the Big Bang and that the energy that was in the Big Bang is in us. We'll get to that later. I just, I've got chill bumps just thinking about that hymn. Um, the presence of my family on this front row, uh, Hope and my wife Hope, and our children and grandchildren, those from Birmingham, those from New Orleans, who've come to take me home and uh, to give me a safety net in which to fall. Um, I'm so grateful that all of y'all came. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And thanks to each of you for coming. I was slack-jawed when I saw that the reading appointed for today is Lamentations 3.23. Lamentations 3.23 is the basis of one of my favorite hymns, Great is Thy Faithfulness, which we will sing during communion. That there is nothing but love, compassion, and mercy flowing to you and me from God every second. And any religion that tells you different is a lie. Hope and I drove cross-country in her beloved 19-and-a-half-year-old white Jeep five years ago. And a Memorial Day weekend, we crossed over the Continental Divide. We were coming into Albuquerque, and here came the light on the dashboard saying, check engine. We took the first exit, and at the end of the exit was a Firestone station. And a man who usually gives tune-ups looked under the hood, tinkered, came to us, and said, I'm sorry, your Jeep will not make it across country what do we do? He said, well, I could fix it, and you could drive it around Albuquerque for the rest of his life, but it won't make it to Alabama. <laughs> what do we do? Well, there's a great children's hospital here, and they take cars. <laughs> Tax-deductible gifts. So uh, we spent a lot of time deliberating and decided that that's what we ought to do and that we would fly Hope out at 6 a.m. the next morning from Albuquerque to Birmingham so that she could meet the movers, and that I and the cats would spend a, the full day uh, renting a van, uh, transferring all of the precious possessions that we didn't want to give over to the professional movers, and that I would transfer them and all the papers and all the garbage, and then I arranged to give the 
beloved Jeep away. And um, then I went to the hotel room for one more night of sleep, just crashed on the bed. You all know I'm a Bapto-Episcopalian, so I started playing Baptist hymns to console myself on YouTube, and there was a Bill Gaither rendition of Great is Thy Faithfulness, and I started crying, bodily, heaving, crying. I've had enough spiritual direction, <coughs> instruction to know that when you have deep emotions, you're supposed to welcome them and follow them down to their genesis and figure out what the message is. So if you're ever taken over with depression or with uh, crying or with joy or with whatever, follow those down, welcome them, and then they will teach you what the message is. And the message that I learned was that my whole relationship with God had been God saying to me, um, Edwin, bless your heart. I you know, you have the best ideas, you know, a mile a minute. And the reason I haven't implemented any of them is uh, <laughs> it just wouldn't have been good for you and the world. And that's why out of my love, forgiveness, and mercy, and compassion, have given you my ideas. <laughs> Leonard, Leonard Cohen famously said that he didn't have any songs of his that were considered masterpieces until he had written his best song, and then he heard this inaudible voice telling him that he had to drop that, his masterpiece, so he could write the masterpiece. And so I started using Great is Thy Faithfulness as my sacred word that I pray every morning for an hour in my centering prayer practice. And uh, God's great plan has been for, to, t to speak to Kathy Lee, and then Kathy Lee spoke to Richard Lee, and then Richard Lee called me and to ask me to come here and be your interim rector for two and a half years. It's been um, a touching the hem of his garment experience for me. That woman who had all these hemorrhages, and she had very poor health care and her very inadequate doctors, and she couldn't get any 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 better she just went and she just knew that if she touched the energy of this guy touched the hem of his garment that she would be well and he even felt the energy go out of him i have touched your energy and i am a more whole person as a result i really think that a miracle has been going on with you and me for two and a half years the miracle that um the coronavirus came, and I happened to be here, and it was um, a, a good thing to ask me to extend for another year so that y'all could seek and find this wonderful new rector, Winnie Varghese, who's coming. And that I could have two and a half more years of touching the hem of your garment. And the miracles, miracles have been going on, and I am going to tell you what I think is the secret of the miracles, and this is my sermon. I think the secret of the miracle that we've experienced together, it hadn't been me, it hadn't been y'all, it's been us together with the spirit and energy that was in the cosmogenesis coming in and working in us, that same creative spirit, is because I'm wondering, I'm not here to declare for sure, but I'm wondering if there aren't just two, two religions in the world. One are all the religions that are what I call the rewards and punishment religions. And that's all about whether or not you got it right or got it wrong or else. 
And those religions have to have a heaven and a hell. I don't believe in hell. I don't believe in God punishing anybody. God doesn't torture anybody. God doesn't send anybody to hell. And it always puts you in your heart in a position of being in a courtroom. You are a traveling courtroom because you're always judging somebody whether or not they're guilty or not. And that's just not the religion of God that I know. The greatest thy faithfulness, God, the God that, according to Lamentations 3.23, issues nothing out of God's heart but love, big love, compassion, and mercy. That's the only thing you can get from God. That's one religion. I oftentimes call the rewards and punishment religion the Santa Claus religion. Because God is Santa Claus, and he has a list, and he's checking it. It is a he. And he... <laughs> and he's got a white beard. And he's grandfather. And he's got a list, and he's checking it twice. He's going to find out who's naughty or nice. Santa Claus has come to town. No! That's not God! God, on the other hand, is not up there, out there. Only God is up there and out there. And God is in you. There was nothing ever made that was made apart from the love of God. And so you've got the love of God pulsing inside you right now. It's the same energy that made that little speck, 14.8, 14.2, or who's counting? Billion years ago, explode in the Big Bang, and that energy is in you. The smallest building block in you is a force field of love. And it's not only in you, but five seconds ago, it was some, in somebody else because we're breathing all the time. We are live events. We, the neutrons and electrons and protons and all that are whizzing around in the 32 trillion cells inside everybody's body. And we can impact somebody else's body, their day, by coming into their presence like the woman who touched the hem of Jesus' garment. There are so many people, millions of people, who need to touch the hem of this church's garment. And we can do it by both bringing them in here, in the park, in the memorial garden, and on live stream. And Winnie's the one who can do it. Well, I'm tempted to look at my notes. <laughs> <laughs> and read a bunch of inspiring quotations. But I'm not going to do it. Because I don't want my wife to go home and say, that was a great sermon, all five of them. <laughs> but I do want to say, I call this religion, big love religion and the spirituality of soul religion, that everybody has soul. And our job when we are on the street and in the grocery store, in the classroom, 
is not to look at how people wear, uh, what people wear, whether what shape their hair is in, how much they weigh or don't, whatever. It is to say, I wonder what's going on in their soul right now. I wonder if I could ask a question that they would open up and tell me something about the wondrous activity that's going on in their soul right now because they are love. They've got the fingerprint of God in them because nothing was ever made that wasn't made through love, soul. Oh my God, I just want to know something about their soul. Oh, they look boring. They look maybe unlovely. And maybe the Christ is heavily disguised in them. But I know if I can ask the right question that I can find and experience the Christ within them. Now, the great sin, I think, of Christianity is hyper-individualistic, hyper-individualism. Yeah, we're all individuals, but we are all connected because soul is outside us. The spiritual writers about soul is that this is an energy outside you. It's not inside you. It's, and, and Desmond Tutu said he can tell within five seconds whether or not somebody has an Ubuntu soul or an individualistic soul. If they know that they are because we are, and they can't be a person without other people, or they think that they're the Lone Ranger, or John Wayne, and they pull themselves up by the bootstraps. And that's a lie. All of us are here because of community. It takes other people to be a person. So, that means that no preacher, I think, can stand in this pulpit and talk about just Jesus and me. It's good to talk about walking in the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear calling on my ear, you know, is the Son of God. That's, that, yes, that's true. And, don't you love both and? And. <laughs> my staff roasted me the other day and what they did was pick up big old signs that said and, 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 and. <laughs> And then they took a clock and they manipulated it. So while my assistant was impersonating me, she had a collar, the whole thing, talking about glory attacks, glory attacks, glory attacks. <laughs> somebody walked by with another and sign, and then somebody came with a clock and just kept turning so that the, the, the arm <laughs> around, 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 as if I were long winded. Anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> no preacher can stand here and talk about just the individual private relationship with God. There's no private relationship with God. There's personal relationship with God, but it's not private because your relationship with God is supposed to be shared with the world. All of the contemplative geniuses say, you're supposed to go to stillness so that God can tell you in stillness what will heal you and what God wants you to use to heal the world. Atlanta is the 50th in the list of 50 cities in this country where if you're born into poverty, you're going to stay in poverty. And the people of this church have taken it on. There is a, there is a round table working right now who are going to change that. We are not going to be on the 50th in the list of 50. 
there are people of color in this church who are listening to us right now because I don't see them in the pew right now and I'm checking my list. Uh, nevertheless, no. <laughs> who have told me that they have to calculate every morning before they go out into the world about where they're going to be vulnerable, where they're going to be followed in a department store or they're going to be stopped by a police person or whether or not they can even run before the day breaks because they live in um, a, a neighborhood where there are a whole bunch of white people. Racism is a cancer and it's systemic. It's not individual racists. It's, it's a system and we are going to dismantle it from here. Yes. 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 So, closing, thank you very much for the miracles. They have been because you have said, okay, Ed, we'll be patient with you while you reconstruct the religion you've deconstructed. We will be patient with you so that you can reconstruct a Christianity that does not embarrass Jesus. We will be patient with you while you construct this spirituality of soul, this theology of big love. And miracles have happened. And I'm forever, forever, forever grateful. Everybody's been asking me now, what are you going to do? Well, on Thursday, hoping I'm going to get in the car in Atlanta, and by Thursday afternoon, I hope we're in our pool in Birmingham. And I hope to stay there till my faculties of discernment return. But I'll close with Dr. Thurman's quote. Ask not what the world needs. Ask rather what makes you come alive. Because the world needs you to come alive, every one of you. So come alive, my friends, through the theology of soul and love as persons and as a community. Amen?